0: What is up, Fathom fam? Thank you for listening and supporting the Fathom Church Podcast. Remember, you can always visit us on our website, fathom.church. Our messages are all available there, as well as on our Church Center app and YouTube, you can check us out on Instagram or on Facebook in addition to our Fathom Church page you can request there to join our Fathom family Facebook group that is the very best way to keep up to date on all of the great things happening at Fathom we hope that your new year is off to a great start and we look forward to growing stronger with you in 2021 a great resource to remember to check out is our Fathom Beyond Sunday podcast there you're going to find some practical casual conversation just a couple of leaders applying Sunday sermon to faith, life, and following Jesus between Monday and Saturday, not just on Sunday. So we hope to see you there, but for now, we're going to jump right into the message. If you're excited to be here in the room or online, come on, show some uh, love to our online family. We're thankful. Uh, to be diving into our second week of Soul Detox. I'm really looking forward to uh, just sharing more about Core Night. I hope you'll make plans. Uh, we're just developing a new rhythm for what groups look like, for discipleship and community looks like. We're just trying to simplify some things in 2021, uh, and so that's we're, we're kind of all kind of blocking off time on our calendar to be together and uh, we're going to have groups that are taking place in person. You'll be able to do this online uh, as well. Uh, but go ahead and make sure you you get uh, all the information you need for that to start February third. Make plans. Going to be all kinds of fun stuff for the kids. Students are continuing to happen on every single Wednesday night, and uh, lots of great things happening with our student ministry. And so uh, we're looking forward to to core nights and what this is going to mean for uh, our growth uh, as a, as a church family, both in faith and, and family and the Word of God. And so uh, we're looking forward to that. Uh, Last week we kicked off a new series called uh, Soul Detox, and and uh, we talked about just a restless soul and how God wants to bring rest to our restless souls. I don't know about for anybody else, but like this week, I found myself having to fight that restlessness more than normal. I felt like it was more than normal. I had to like, okay, come back. What what, what did I just preach on? (laughs) Like, get myself back into just resting spiritually. Uh, but today, I, I want to go a, a little bit of a different direction, because I think a lot of us are feeling this more than what we even verbalize. Uh, let me just ask it this way. Have you ever had a day or a week, uh, maybe a season of life in which you, um, nothing was like bad wrong, but like nothing was right either, and you're, you're smiling on the outside, but you're just heavy on the inside? Like you, you ever had that? Like I know I've had many seasons like that. Like it's not like we're like everything's hitting a fan in our life right now, but it's just something's not right. Something's just kind of heavy, and I can't even always put my finger on it. But something's not right. As we started last week, we we talked about that we're we're not a body with a soul, but we're a, a soul with a body. Remember this: we're we're not a body with a soul, but we're a soul with a body. And it's important that we realize that the impacts of, of not just 2020, but of our life, like things begin to kind of jump on us and kind of get heavy on our hearts, heavy on our souls. And so I think it's really important that we do what the psalmist said, and we ask our souls, like, why are you downcast within me? Psalm 42 5 says, why are you downcast within me? But here's what the psalmist says, he goes, hope in God for I shall praise, uh, I shall again praise him, um, my salvation. And so I think some of us, we need to ask our soul today, why are you downcast? Why, why are you so heavy? I think there's a lot of reasons that our souls can, can get heavy. Some of it is due to things in the past. We're heavy with hurts from the past. We're heavy because of what that person's comment to us in person or on Facebook or how snippy that email was. Right? We're hurt. We're hurt by the abuse that took place, by the betrayal, how they stabbed you in the back. We're, we're hurt still. And it becomes heavy. It just becomes a heaviness on us because of things that have taken place in the, in the past. We also can can find ourselves heavy with trouble in the present. We've all got some kind of trouble we're dealing with in the present. We've got trouble in the, pres- uh, in the present time of, of maybe the pandemic right now in the present. Like the numbers, the percentages has you heavy. Just like you're smiling, everybody, but you're, but you're just heavy. Maybe it's what's been going on in Washington and the, and the riots that took place at the Capitol that's, that's got you heavy. Okay, I get it, like it's heavy on us. Maybe it's the things that have been going on with the election or, or how certain people are treated and injustice that's taking place in our nation, trouble in the present. Maybe it's trouble in the present of your marriage. Anytime somebody brings up something about your marriage, you just you don't know what it is, you did not think anything's that wrong, but then there's just this heaviness that's there with that. When somebody brings up money, all of a sudden, I didn't think I was kind of heavy with that, but all of a sudden there's this heaviness that's there. Maybe it's you're heavy in the present with homeschooling your children. Maybe the trouble in the present that's got you heavy is the Jaguars. <laughs> losing just about every game this year. Come on, who are we kidding? We're number one. Come on, let's chant it. We're number one. We, somebody's got to be number one. So we're number one. I don't know what's got you heavy. Maybe it's something in the past. Maybe it's something in the present. Maybe it's something in the future. Maybe you're heavy with anxiety about the future. I see this now more than I've seen it in a long time. I see it particularly uh, in folks probably, you know, 45, 50 and up. More anxious about the future than we've ever been worried about what kind of world we're going to leave for our children and for our grandchildren. And we don't realize it because with all of these, with the the heaviness of the, the past, the heaviness of the present, and the heaviness of the anxiety about the future, we just kind of cover it up and we figure out a way to kind of compartmentalize it, throw a blanket over it, and then put a smile on and get back to life. But I think as we really begin to think about some of the heaviness, and if we begin to uncover the blanket... As we talk today, I believe that God wants to deal with some of that heaviness so that you don't have to fake a smile anymore. You don't have to just be smiling on the outside and actually heavy on the inside. God has a remedy for that, and so we need to ask our soul, why? Soul, are you downcast? Hope again in God. Hope again in God. I shall praise Him. He's my salvation. Uh, To talk about this heaviness and the heavy soul that God wants to detox from us. I want to turn to Second Chronicles chapter 20, uh, not a common place for us to jump in, but it's one of my favorite um, uh, names in Scripture. Um, it's it's a, a, a passage of Scripture that's centered around a man named Jehoshaphat. Everybody just say Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat. You know there's all those words you can't pronounce and you just kind of like skip over. That one we can all pronounce and it's just fun to say. Just say it again, Jehoshaphat. It's just, it's just an awesome name. So Israel had uh, had a monarchy it was intended to be a theocracy from the very beginning God wanted to be the God for Israel and he wanted to, them to be his people but they wanted a king like everybody else so God gave them what they wanted they got Saul <laughs> didn't work out great and so eventually uh, God got anointed uh, David through Samuel and and he became kind of this legendary king eventually that united monarchy will uh, will be split and be a divided kingdom. There'll be a northern kingdom, which will be called Israel from that time on. And a certain point of scripture, I guess it was from um, like 950 or something BC, somewhere around there. It'll become a divided kingdom. And then the southern kingdom will be Judah. It's really just a remnant. And, and this will be a stark divide through this period of the Old Testament of good kings and those who uh, were, were um, you know, really honored God and really Judah is like there's some good kings, there's some bad kings, and like that's on and off again. But there's always this stark reality. When you trust God, the results are good. <laughs> when you don't, when you're wicked and you do your own ways and you worship other idols, then you know, things fall apart and it doesn't go well for you. So this is kind of where we find ourselves in the arc of Scripture. And Second Chronicles is actually written kind of 400 years after this spot. And so it's, that's where we're going to dive into when Jehoshaphat is king. Jehoshaphat was like my age when he became king. And where we're picking up here in 2 Chronicles 20, verse 5, there's this alliance of, of countries that are coming against Judah. They're small as it is, right? They're not big armies ready to just take down the next nation that comes against them. No, 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 they're, they're actually small, and don't have the manpower to overcome this alliance of three different people groups that are coming against them. And so Jehoshaphat says, as soon as he became king, he, he started ripping out the idols, started uh, ripping out um, just their, their kind of idol worship and getting them focused on God, because he, he was a good king, at least the early parts and, and the vast majority of his, of his, um, his kingship um, was good in, in honoring of God. He had his moments where he, he missed the mark. But he, what he does at this moment when this alliance is coming against him is he calls the people to fast. And so they're in the middle of starting a fasting season. Verse 4 says that the people are seeking God. I just feel like we're in this moment. And I just want you to know there's probably an alliance, there's, there's some works of the enemy that are coming against us. And I love Josaphat's prayer here as he stands up in the middle of the assembly. Let's read it together. Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in the front of the new courtyard and said, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand and no one can withstand you. How many of you got a chance to, to watch my, my teaching on the Lord's Prayer this week? Uh, remember, I was talking about starting the prayer, by, by like how, how Jesus did, our Father, which art in heaven, right, giving glory to him. Before Jesus ever taught us that, Jehoshaphat is practicing that. God, are you not the God in heaven that, you know, everything else stands at attention for you, God? He goes on, verse 7, Our God, did, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it? forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend. Uh, They've lived in it and have built it a sanctuary for your name, saying, if calamity comes upon us, whether the sword um, of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress. And you're going to hear us, God, and you're going to save us. But now here, here's men from uh, um, Amnon and Moab and Mount Sire, uh, whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. So they turned away from them and did not destroy them. And see how now these people who we didn't attack, see how now they're repaying us by their coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance. Our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that's attacking us. And we do not know what to do, but our eyes are fixed on you. What a powerful prayer. I'm so thankful for this prayer because I think it instructs us today for those of us that as we begin to talk about this, as we think about the hurts of the past, as we think about the trouble we're dealing with in the present and the anxiety and fear we have about the future. I know we said, you know, when I first said heaviness, you're like, no, 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 I'm fine, I'm good. But then as we start talking through it, we're like, oh, Actually, there are some things under the blanket. You know, it's like we walk into our room, and like, it's clean. And then we look under the bed, and we're like, it ain't all clean. <laughs> it ain't all clean. Oh, we did one of those cleanouts recently and, like, actually swept under the bed for the first time in, like, seven years. And it was, like, brutal. And some of us, some... Second time. So... Um, so <laughs> So it, it was that, and, 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 but God wants to speak to our hearts, and so uh, out of this, and I think we need to, to, to process this, and we just need to tell our soul, as our eyes are fixed on God, things begin to change, and, 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 and we begin to look at things differently, and we begin to speak to our soul and say, why are you downcast? Like, remember hope in God, for He's our hope, He's our salvation, we can give Him praise. I think the first thing we need to do is we need to, to remember God's faithfulness in the past. Remember God's faithfulness in the past. As we got up here in in Jacksonville today, and it was freezing, right? It was cold. Like a lot of y'all rolled in late to church. You jumped in late online because you just wanted to stay in those flannel sheets. Like it was just comfortable today. I remember um, a season in our church early on in which um, we 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 didn't have much money at, at all um, as a church and, and our air conditions, uh, for those of you that don't know our story, like we took over uh, this property uh, while we were building a team and renovated it for six months. And God provided supernaturally just $250,000 worth of, of work that needed to be done on this property and, and we saw it get accomplished for like 72000 But there was one thing that, uh, as we launched into the church, that didn't get replaced, and it was our air conditions. And so, um, as kind of the years wore on, uh, two or three years in, uh, that was an expensive, you know, feat. And one of the toughest financial times for a church is really about year three, because they're kind of getting off of uh, outside partners who are helping with them, and they're really learning to stand on their own feet. Well, uh, we didn't have the money for these air conditions, and I was nervous every single weekend, particularly in the winter. The heat, we could deal with it. It kind of cooled it uh, well enough during the week, and we could deal with whatever happened. But when those air conditions didn't work on a winter day, and we came in here on several Sundays, and it was freezing, I, it just broke my heart, because I don't, I, I don't want you to, you know, suffer and just shiver there like we're outside, and, and uh, I knew we had to do something um, and unbeknownst to me, an, an outside person, not a part of our church, uh, but a partner and a friend of the church, began to raise money on our behalf. And actually went out and just raised every single mo- money, uh, bit of money we needed for the air conditions that are in this building right now. And check after check came in over the course of two weeks and every bit of it was provided for on this cold morning, I'm just remembering God's faithfulness to provide those heaters that we're enjoying here that we're not sitting in 30 degree house. Yeah, amen. Somebody's really into that. You know, I, I, I know at times, so we got to tell our soul to remember. Remember the faithfulness of God uh, in the past. Remember how God led you to that perfect verse that one time. Remember how he, he, he connected you with that one person who encouraged you and kind of helped you. Remember how, how God showed up and saved you and delivered you and set you free and opened your eyes from the ignorance that it was before. And, and, and you got a picture of who Jesus is. Just remember what he's done for you. All of a sudden, like the heaviness of what I'm complaining about now, I'm, I'm, my eyes are fixed on him and I'm just thanking him for his faithfulness and how he's provided. Not only, so I don't know maybe right now what you're heavy with um, hurts from the past, but I think the remedy is just telling uh, your soul, man, remember how faithful God's been to you, right? And and he's going to continue to be good to you. The the second thing um, that I would say to us today that we need to tell our soul is not only to remember God's faithfulness in the past, but it's to uh, cry out to God in the present, I want to slow down for a minute because we really need to learn to cry out to God. Um, we need to cry out to God. But I, I, I think as adults, just generally speaking in America, we don't know how to ask for help. We don't. We go too far when our um, drinking has become a problem. And we don't know how to ask for help. Um, financially, we're drowning, and we, we won't say, Hey, can anybody help me figure out how to build a budget? I need help. We're drowning and trying to keep up with our, our lives, and, and, and we're hurting emotionally. Like, what we, many of us experience is like this low grade depression that I'm talking about, this heaviness. It's like, it's not clinical, but just something's not right. But some of us like we're in, in like serious clinical depression and we don't know how to raise our hand and be like, I actually need help. Because we're a prideful people. Period. We're a prideful people. And, and the one thing about Jehoshaphat that we can say is he's not a prideful man. He he knows he needs to do this thing God's way. And he knows, he's crying out to God before the alliance comes at them. He's not crying out in the midst of it. He says, no, no, God, I'm crying out to you now. I know who you are. I'm getting my mind right. I'm getting my heart right. God, I know who you are. I know what you've done. You're the one that delivered us. I remember your faithfulness in the past. You see it? And then in verse 10, he says, but now here are men from Amnon and Moab and Mount Sire, whose territory, God, here I am in this moment. And they're coming against me, and I'm crying out. And then he goes on. Flip to the next verse. I think it's like verse 11 or so. See how they're repaying us by coming to drive us out? Right here, verse 12. Uh, Our God, will you not judge them, for we have uh, no power to face this vast army. He's like, God, not only am I crying out to you now before they come, but when they come, I'm going to cry out to you again. And we just need to set it in our mind that we know how to cry out to God. But the only thing that's going to keep us from crying out to God is our own pride and arrogance. And you will will stay in the pain of the present. You will stay in the heaviness of the uh, present. Not not just learning to cry out to people, but crying out to God. Because there's going to be times in your life where there's no one else around. There's literally no one else around. And I'm not talking about you don't have friends, you don't have family that you can call on. But but you need to go straight to God. Look what this passage says um, in Psalm 142. I cry to you, Lord. I say, you're my refuge, the portion, my portion in the land of the living. Listen to my cry, for I'm in desperate need. Rescue me from those who pursue me, for they are too strong for me. It takes humility to say what what, um, uh, Jehoshaphat says here, which is, God, this is too big for us. Like I... The, the, the hordes that are coming against us, they're too big for me. When's the last time when you saw the army coming, when you saw, and you said, this is too big for me. I don't need to do this in my own strength. I, I can't do this in my own strength. We, we need a good, deep dose of humility at the foot of the cross that says, God, we can do nothing, but our eyes are fixed on you. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are fixed on you. I don't know what to do to fix my marriage, but my eye is fixed on you. I can't make the pandemic go away, but my eyes are fixed on you. I can't make the heaviness go away, God, but my eyes are fixed on you. We need to tell our soul today, cry out to God in the present. He hears you. He hears you and he responds. What's got you heavy in the presence? Remember his compassions. They fail not. They, they, don't, they don't fail. You can come to him right wherever you're at. And he hears you. The final thing I think that we, we need to learn to tell our soul is to trust in, in God's power for the future. He says in verse 6 Oh, Lord, God of our fathers, you, are you not God in heaven? I, I know your power. You're God in heaven. You can do anything there's a scene here. There's a lot of people gather around in this moment and there's this other man by the name of uh, Jehaziel. It's, he's one of those names I have trouble um, pronouncing. But the Spirit of God comes on him and he just speaks up. Like, I don't know. I think he was a man of, of reputation in the community, but he speaks up because God came upon him in this moment. And he says this in uh, verse, um, uh, gosh, seven, is it 17 and 18? I don't know if I put this on there. Or not. I believe it's 17, 18. Yeah, uh, excuse me, verse 16. Nope, 15. Sorry, thank you. Verse 15, he says, Listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem. Everybody listen up. This is what the Lord says to you. Don't be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but it's God's. Tomorrow, march down against this battle, take up your positions, stand firm. And see the deliverance of the, that the Lord is going to give you, Judah. Keep going. Uh, you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position, stand firm, uh, and see the deliverance of the Lord uh, will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. And do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. You see, salvation's coming. We got to fix our eyes on God, and we fix our eyes on God we can see salvation coming. When we're caught up with the heaviness of the past and and, and, and not walking in in this time and we're looking down in all the trouble of the present, we're worried about what's going on tomorrow, our eyes aren't fixed on God. And that's where our salvation's coming from. It's not coming from things in the future that you're going to figure out right now. It's not going to come by kind of rehashing every single decision you made and what you could have done wrong about things in the past. And even in the present moment, we just need to stand firm in His presence. Stand firm. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. My soul, why are you downcast? Put your hope in God. He's our salvation today, church. I I don't know what has you heavy. I'm guessing if, if you took an honest look today, and really started thinking through hurts of the past that have kind of lingered to this day, if you really uncovered that blanket, there's, there's some heaviness there. Maybe in the present, there's all kinds of things that just are reason and cause that just kind of attach themselves to us in this very moment that's just it's too much. God, I don't even know if I can, can overcome this. And certainly for the days ahead, we don't know what's gonna come, but here's what we do know. We fix our eyes on God. We fix our eyes on the author and finisher of our faith and we tell our soul, don't be downcast. Don't be heavy. Like lift your eyes, remember what he's done, cry out to him now and trust in his power for tomorrow. The band's gonna come and prepare um, and and lead us in, in a song and I just want you for just a few minutes to just begin to reflect. I want you to begin to reflect on how God's been to you in the past. Think about where you were when he saved you. Maybe right now, you're, you're in a crisis of the present. You're in trouble in the present. And you need God to show up. And maybe you've got a relationship with him. Maybe, maybe you don't. But I know he hears your prayer. His compassions don't fail. and He's ready to respond. But we can't be so prideful to say, I actually, I actually need help. I need help from God. I need help from my family, my church family. God has more for us here, church. This, this passage here that says, hey, you don't need to fight, you know? Right? I remember I was discipling this one guy, and he was really upset about a girl in his life, and um, he was just having issues. And he goes, But I gave it to the Lord so he can deal with it now. And I'm like, I get what you're saying. But you're probably going to have to like at least have a conversation or something, in the middle of this. Like you're actually, you're actually going to be involved in this. Um, remember, it's not that we don't have to fight; it's just we fight differently, is what Second Corinthians ten tells us. It's that we don't wage war as the world does. We 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 don't go about it like they do. We're not fighting just in the we're fighting the spiritual. And some of us have been trying to solve everything in the physical. And God wants to bring us back to fighting, holding our ground, standing our ground, holding our position, not getting discouraged no matter what's going on, no matter what the enemy tries to throw up. One of the armies from the past, one of the armies from the present, one of the armies from the future. It's just coming against you. And just go to the Lord in prayer. Cry out to him. And I believe he's got an answer for our heaviness today. So I want to ask you to stand. And as you search your heart, we're going to pray. They're going to lead they're gonna lead us in, in uh, lead us in song today. And there's gonna be folks at these crosses. Maybe this is a moment for you that says, "Hey, I'm, I'm anxious. I can't get over worrying about the future. Can't get the heaviness off my heart for what's going on in the present. Can't get past this hurt." And I, I want to, I want to ask you to cry out to God in the, in this moment. Reach out for help. It's gonna be. A, prayer partners here at the altar, I'll be over here praying as well. If you're online, just comment prayer and someone wants to follow up with you and start a conversation and pray with you. Come on, let's pray together today. Father, we search our hearts, God. We open ourselves up to what you want to speak and to what you want to do in this moment, God. We know you're at work. God, oh God of heaven, nothing's too hard for you, and so we fix our eyes on you, knowing that you are where our salvation comes from knowing, God, that no weapon formed against us will prosper. God, knowing that we're more than conquerors in you. God, and we settle our spirit, we tell our soul, God, remember, remember, Father, we remember what you've done for us in the past. We cry out to you in the present, trust you in the future. You're our greatest desire. Come on, church, let's focus our eyes on him and let's worship him, surrender everything to him. If you're holding anything back from him in this moment, Just give it to him, any heaviness that you've got, that you're walking with. Come on, bring it to the Lord in prayer.